Shalom Abrachur Kuf Chof. Today's daf talks about relying on a Torah's testimony, identifying a body of the husband. We discuss whether simonim are midai raisa. We discuss identifying a body based off of severed limbs. And if an animal is eating the corpse, can we assume that that has killed the husband? Going back to the Mishnah, we said that if the wives did yibum and then their new husbands died, they're now also to remarry. But Rabbi Lazar disagrees and he says, since they were mother to remarry, we believe the testimony enough for that, we allow them to now marry anyone who they want. So now Rava unpacks Rabbi Lazar and says, what's that? Is it because that we believe it's her to testify on her co-wife or do we say that it's her is not going to self-incriminate? You know, what's an afkamina? An afkamina is that case where a woman goes overseas with her husband. And then she comes back and says that her husband died. And back home, there was a co-wife. Now, we're going to believe the woman on her own husband. But are we going to believe the co-wife on the first wife testimony before she is allowed to get married herself? Before the wife that actually went overseas is allowed to remarry? Gets remarried? If it's a dinner in being made on her co-wife, even if the first wife had not been married, the co-wife should be allowed to marry. We believe her testimony. But if it's just a dinner in her ruining herself, we would have to wait until she actually remarries to prove to everyone else that her testimony is correct, that her husband is actually dead, and therefore all of the wives are allowed to remarry. So we try answering. We learn that Rabbi Lozer t- teaches us in our Mishnah that once she's mother to marry, these two wives are allowed to remarry two more husbands. Even, even after they die, they'd be allowed to marry anyone else. Once they're allowed to remarry, they're allowed to remarry anyone. Now, if you're going to say that it's a din and the tzara messing herself over, that's why you'd have to wait for the wife to remarry before the tzara can. But if it's because of a intrinsic issue with the tzara's testimony, even if the wife had not remarried. You see, the Pshat of Eliezer is that since she remarried, she's not going to be hurting herself. The answer is that the truth is that was actually talking in Shitas Rabbonon. said, according to me, we could trust the Torah's testimony even before she gets remarried. But according to you, the Rabbonon, you should at least admit to me that when the co-wife comes back, makes her testimony, and actually remarries, we should trust her testimony because she's going to be ruining herself if she's remarrying while her husband's still alive. However, the Rabbonon respond from the Pasuk and Shimshon, Thomas if she implished him, she would actually be testifying and going down with the ship herself just to get her co-wife in trouble. So next the Gemara learns, a case where a woman goes overseas with her husband and then she comes back by herself and says that her husband had died. She's allowed to remarry and cash in on her ksuba. However, her tzara is still usher. And the laws over there says, no, if she's allowed to remarry, the tzara is also allowed to remarry. You see, from the moment that the wife is mutter, we also allow the tzara even though the first wife had not remarried yet. So the Gemara answers, no, no, no. Once she, it, we have to say the cases where the first wife came back. She's allowed to remarry and in fact did remarry. Only then the Tzara is allowed to remarry according to Belazar. I, why aren't we chushish that, that this wife who's making the Taina was given a get overseas? And now she's just saying that the husband da- died to mess over her, co- her ex now co-wife. The Gemara says, if she had been married to a Yisrael, that would be an issue. But if here we're talking about a case where she was married to a Kayan. She remarries to a Kayan. So now if the first husband does show up, and in fact, he had given her a get, she would be puzzled to be marrying this Kayan. Now we have a new Mishnah discussing the identification of the husband's body. It says, you're not able to bring Edus that the husband, that this person was in fact the husband, unless you have Edus on the face with the nose. Even if you have other simonim on the body and in Kalim, it doesn't help. You need the face and the nose. Additionally, the Edus has to be on the death itself. Even if you see that he has severed limbs or if he's hung, there are animals that are eating from him. And he also, the Edus also has to be within three days of the husband's death. Maybe Yudhaman Baba says that not every person, place, and time is created equal. Somebody's decay faster, somebody's decay slower in different climates. So that three day can 
gap is not set in stone. So now the Gemara says, if we have Edus on the forehead, but not the cheekbone, or the cheekbone and not the forehead, you need both of them with the nose. Abayah says, some say it's Rev, Rev Kahana. How do we know that we need the face and the nose, the forehead and the cheekbone? Pasuk says, Ha-Koras Pnehem Unsabon. Ababai Marta, who was actually Ababai Minyoima. Minyoima was a father, Marta was his mother. The, he was being chased down by the Rish Gelusa for money, so he put some wax and stuck a cloth on his forehead, and he passed. The, they passed right by him, and they didn't recognize him. Straight out of the costume closet. He disguised himself because the only way to recognize someone is through the face. Now, when we're talking about Simonim, the Gemara says, is it true that the Chiv of having Simonim is the Eraisa? We learned in Bob and Metzia, that if someone finds a get that was tied with a, a wallet or a with coins, or if he finds this get between different kalim, even if it was for a long time, this get is kosher. We could assume that this is the the same get as was originally delivered. You see that we could rely on these simonim for a get isha. When you're talking about an isha sis, that's deiraisa. You see that simonim are deiraisa. Why don't we use simonim to identify the husband? So he says that's not a kasha. And the rabbanon in the brisa we learn that one cannot be made testify on it that this individual is a specific person based on a mole. Rabbi Yezab and Mehava says you can. The Chayra they're arguing that one holds that Simonim are the so the other one says that it's only the Rabbanim. But the Gemara answers that that's not true. That's not what they're arguing about. Rabbi says really everyone agrees that Simonim are the Rais over here. We're talking about a mole found on a specific person, a Ben Giloy. And Rabbi Yezab and Ben Mehavoy holds that Ben Giloys, these people born under these Mazolim, don't have moles in that spot. Alternatively, they were arguing over there about a mole that changes over time. After it, after the person dies, the mole looks different. They're arguing whether it actually changes after me, so or not. Alternatively, a third shot in Rav's answer, really everyone holds that Simon Amar Dera Bonon. Over here we're arguing whether a mole is a simon muvhok, a set simon. We could rely on a Dera Bonon simon even for Daraisas. Aye, where Rebbe was talking over there, we're saying Simon Amar Daraisa, but we said that you're even allowed to use those Simonim found on his body or his kalim. So you see that those Simonim are Simon Daraisa. Gamora answers that there the simon was that this person was tall or short. And over there, we can't assume that the Gusimonim, although they may be true, they're not specific enough, identifying enough. Now, the Gemara asks, if we are chayshish, then maybe what we're looking at, this simon doesn't prove that this is the right, the exact item. If someone f- ever finds his donkey and he's like, oh, that's my saddle on the donkey. He's like, yeah, but that's not a good simon. Maybe it's someone else's simon. We don't take simonim off of kalim. The Gemara answers by donkeys, it's different because people don't lend out their saddles because it takes the shape of the donkey. They're customized. Uh, how could you return a get that was found in a wallet, a, a purse, or with coins? Or with the coins, they may be forged the wallet and the purse and, and therefore people don't pass around their coin their their not not their coins their ring rather their signet ring and if i lend it out someone may forge it and then put my signature on things so we know that it's this person's and this get belongs to whoever owns this signet ring this tabas and a wallet also people don't lend it out to people so we can we know that this is with this get we can identify using the simon alternatively the reason why we didn't believe this simonim on the husband was because they were just saying oh his clothing was black or white because a lot of people could be wearing black or white that's not necessarily her husband now regarding a severed limb we said that that's not a simon a proof that the husband had died that this would not be accepted and the gemara says does that mean that someone who has severed limbs can survive we learned that a person is not metame tomas oil until he actually dies even if he is a goises if he's quivering in the throngs of death it's mashma that he's not metame but he's definitely not going to live you see that if once someone is dismembered he's going to die abais answers that's not a kasha it's machalikasub and the Rabbanon. We learn in a bright of this Machlekas. If someone testifies that someone was dismembered, he had severed limbs, but they could not testify that.
that he was actually hung. So Shem ben Elazar says, we do not trust Edus on severed limbs that the person had died because he could always cauterize them, burn them, and then he could survive it, survive those wounds. The Gemara says, yeah, but we can't say that our mission is going like Shem ben Elazar because in the Seifa of that Bryce, we had a story in Asya where someone was lost at sea and they found his leg and the Chachamim said that if they have from the knee down, meaning the knee included in the leg that they found, then we could assume, then we could allow the wife to remarry. But if it's below the knee, then she can't remarry. Mashma, if there are limbs missing, we assume that he died. The Gemara answers, and no, when you're talking about being lost at sea, we could assume that the waves killed him after this. Ah, Rabbi Barachana says that he himself saw this Arab merchant who took a sword, dismembered his camel, and the camel couldn't even finish crying before he died. And the Gemara answers, well, that must have been a very weak camel. Rava explains that maybe he, the possibility is that this limb was cut off with a scolding knife which cauterized it as it cut it. So he definitely can survive. That Eidos doesn't prove that he's dead. Now the next case that Amishnah says was Eidos that an animal was eating the husband doesn't prove that the husband's dead. And Rebhuda Mashmal tells us that that's only if the animal wasn't eating a vital organ. But if he was, then that Eidos would be accepted to prove that the husband's dead and allow the wife to remarry. And Rebhuda Mashmal says that if two or most of the two simonim were severed and then the aid ran away that's still a good testimony. The Gemara says, is that really enough? Rabbi Yehuda Mashmal taught us that if two or most of two of the simonim were cut and the husband who was dying signals with his hand that, he, that they should write a get for his wife, they write the get and give it to her. It's kosher. So the Gemara says, yeah, yeah, yeah. At that moment, he's still alive, but we can guarantee that he's going to die from that wound. Ah, uh, if we know for sure that this person's going to die, if the person who killed him did this did this wound accidentally, we should send him to Gullus. But we learn about that we don't send him to, to the Ari Mikla, even if he dies. Because it could be something else killed him, not this severe wound. So Hoshea explains that Enechanami, the wound is definitely going to kill him. But we're Choshesh over here. The reason why we don't send him to Gullah is because maybe the wound came, the, the wind came and shook up this victim, and that's what killed him before the wound was able to kill him. And that's why he's put from Gullah. Or, or alternatively, maybe the person himself moving around killed himself before the wounds killed him. The Nafkamina is if this Shrita, this wound, of the two or rove of the two simonim happened in a marble home where there was no wind, so you can't include that wind factor, but the victim was still moving around. Or if the wound was made outdoors with wind, but this individual was not moving, so we can't blame the, the shaking to cause the death, but it could be the wind it did. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.